And now, these three remain. Faith, hope, love. What is biblical love? In this third and, and final installment of this series, what we will do is explore the concept of biblical love and answer the question, why is love greater than faith or hope? Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our class this evening, this midweek class. Neil, it's good to see you, brother. It's been a while, so I'm glad you're doing well. We are so thankful for everyone who's here in person as well as those who are joining us online. May we take this opportunity to look into the word of God. May we take this opportunity to allow this word to do what it is designed to do in our lives that help us increase our faith, help us understand the hope that we have, help us live better lives as Christians. Shall we pray? Our blessed Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much, Father, that you've given us your word. And Father, we are so thankful in the way it was thought out, Father, and and, and prepared and been, has been presented to us, Father, to help us continue to grow in our walk of faith each and every day. Heavenly Father, we know how blessed we are because we know what lies ahead of us if we continue true to your word. And that is why we have the hope that we have. But Father, more important than all of this really is the love that we have, Father, the love that goes back before there was even our time. And it continues during our time and it will continue when this life is no longer with us. Father, we thank you so very much, Father, for showing us what true agape love is really about. Father, we ask that you be with us tonight as we finish this series of classes, Father, whether we're here in person or online, Father. We thank you for allowing us this opportunity. We thank you for blessing us. Father, these things we pray and thank you for in Christ Jesus' most holy name. Amen and amen. The foundational text for this series, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. The foundational text is 1 Corinthians... (laughs) The foundational text... I needed Levi to help me out. (laughs) The foundational text is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 4. And the Bible reads, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not arrogant. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 at verse 13, What we find there is that the Apostle Paul summarizes the essence of Christian life. The essence being the pursuit of faith, hope, and love. 
At verse 13, the text continues, but now faith, but now hope, but now love. Abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Previously, we reviewed the first two concepts of our lesson, those concepts being faith and hope. And as we were reviewing them, we surmised, as we talked about faith, we surmised the following. Number one, knowledge that comes from the word of Christ that we find printed in the word of God called the Bible. Number two, a decision to accept as true and obey those words. And number three, the ongoing experience of joy, perseverance, and confidence. And all of this is based on our knowledge, on our belief, and on our obedience to Christ's words. Hope. Hope is an experience produced by faith. At Romans chapter 8 at verse 24. Romans chapter 8 at verse 24. Hear what God tells us about hope. The Bible reads, for in hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he already sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. Hope is the absolute certainty that we will receive what God has promised to us. Why? Because of two reasons. Number one, God guarantees it. 100%, 100% sure that everything that God has promised, we will receive. And the mindset here is this right here. He has already given it to us in Christ Jesus. So what has he given us? He's given us forgiveness. He's given us peace. He has given us freedom from condemnation and punishment. He's given us eternal life. He has given us spiritual power and character. So in this final installment, in this final installment, we will review some of the reasons Paul says that love is greater than faith or hope. The word love in the English language, it's all purposed in that it describes the various levels of fondness we have for different things, such as, I love my dog, or I love a sport, football, basketball, baseball, whatever it is, or I love my mother. And you will note that this love that we're talking about here is also used to describe how one feels about very different things. In the New Testament, rather the New Testament was written in the Greek language. And you find out something that I really like about the Greek language that differs from the English language. You don't have good meaning bad and bad meaning good and stuff like that. What you have is a variety of words to express the different feelings of love. For example, phileo. This is the most common word for love or affection, and, and, and the various words that come from it, aphilos, which is love for a friend, philema, kiss, philosophia, a love of knowledge, 
Philadelphia, a brotherly love, Philozenia, a love of stranger, a hospitality, Philanthropia, a love of mankind. It was a word, it was a word that denoted the attraction of people to one another in a non-sexual way. This word also served to express a fondness for things or a rather and a concern for hospitality that was not used in a religious context. The word stergo was used to describe the affection between parents and children. At times it served to describe the, the love that the nation had for its ruler. And on occasion was put into use in a way to describe, if you will, the affection that a dog had for his master. It was, however, rarely used in the New Testament. The word eros denoted the craving and sensual longing between sexes. It was the words that the, the word rather that the Greeks used when describing a state of ecstasy that, that leaves behind all will, all reason, and discretion. The Greek god of love bore the same name, Eros. Much of the, the sexuality in pagan religion was based on the idea that one could commune with the gods when reaching a state of sexual ecstasy. And this is what the pagan orgies and, and practice of sex with temple prostitutes was all about. The word eros also referred to the pleasure that, that one experienced from the arts, from sports, etc. The ancient, rather in ancient Greek literature, in ancient Greek literature, the word agape was used infrequently. Only one reference is found outside the Bible, and that reference there, it meant to welcome or to be generous with. It was used to describe the attitudes that, that parents would have with an only child, if you will. Like many other ideas, the Bible writers took this rather bland and obscure word and injected it with very special meaning to describe God's attitude toward us. And then in time, our attitude toward God and other people. In the New Testament, when we see the word love, it is almost always the English translation of the Greek word agape that the writer chose to describe Christian love because it was different than phileo, stergos, and eros. So the million dollar question, the million dollar question, why is love better than faith or hope? In the passage, that we have been examining in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 4 and verse 13, Paul urges the church there to 
pursue faith, hope, and love. And then says that love is the greatest. Now the question again, why would love be the greatest? After all, without faith, we could not be saved. And without hope, we would be miserable. Why then would Paul say that love is the greatest? If you will allow me, I will present to you this evening three reasons why the Apostle Paul would make this claim. The first reason is this right here. Love is a godly quality. Love is a godly quality. In a moment, we're going to be looking at 1 John 4 at verse 8. In a moment, 1 John 4 at verse 8. Now, love is something that existed before faith. Love existed before hope. It is part of God's nature. And in 1 John 4 at verse 8, 1 John 4 at verse 8, the Bible says, the one who does not love does not know God. Why? God is love. But check out what it talks about at John 17 at verse 17, where God does not need faith because his word is truth. But with that said, mankind, mankind, mankind needs faith. But God does not. Why? Because God already knows everything. Mankind, us, mankind lives on hope because hope supports his yearning to be out of this sinful body and with God. I want to take us back to Romans chapter 8 verses 24 through 25 again. We can't read this one right here enough because a lot of times we struggle with this one right here. Our understanding of hope is so obscure, it's ridiculous sometimes. But the way God explains hope to us, it shouldn't be an issue. We shouldn't be hoping we go into heaven. We should know. So at Romans chapter 8 at verses 24 and 25, again, the Bible reads, In hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But, and this is looking, that's looking into the future, looking for that eternal life where we're with God. But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. But God is not hopeful. He is the one who possesses everything. God is the one who gives everything. God is the one who guarantees everything. He does not need hope to sustain himself. Faith and hope are things that God provided for man to save man and to sustain man. Love, however, love, however, is a characteristic that belongs to God and was present long before there was any need for faith, long before there was any need for hope. It is greater because, like God, 
It is eternal in nature. Number two, love is powerful. In a moment, we're going to John chapter uh, 15 at verse 13. John chapter 15 at verse 13. So number two here, love is powerful. So I want to present you with three questions before we go to John chapter uh, 15 and verse 13, where we will find the answer to those three questions. Because although we have three entirely different questions, we have one answer. One answer. It's, it's like saying this answer is the common denominator in all of this. So the three questions is right here. What moved God to create the world? What moved God to create the world? Then what moved God to save the world? What moved God to save the world? And number three, what moved Christ Jesus to die for his friends? What moved Christ Jesus to die for us? John chapter 15 and verse 13, we have an answer. Greater love has no man than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Loved. Love is what moved God to create the world. Love is what moved God to save the world. Love is what moved Christ Jesus to suffer and down the cross for our sins. It is agape type love that is different from friendship, family, or sexual love. Love has power because power is needed to treat others in a way that blesses only them and not self. Power is required to bestow favor on one who is unworthy of it. Or or to love those who do not love you or are appealing to you. Only something powerful... Only something powerful can move a person to to sacrifice self for someone else and care for those who can give nothing in return. Love is greater. Love is greater than faith. Love is greater than hope. Why? Because love has the power to create Love has the power to regenerate. Love has the power to sustain. Not only the one who expresses it, but but the one who receives it as well. And that is the power of love. Yes, 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 yes. We are saved by faith. Yes, we are sustained by hope. But that salvation would not have been possible if God... If God had not loved us first. 1 John 4 at verse 19. Number three. In a minute we're going to uh, uh, John chapter 13 at verse 35. John chapter 13 at verse 35. So number three. Love produces light. At John chapter 13 at verse 35. This is what Christ Jesus says to all of us. The Bible reads, By this all men will know that you are my disciples. Why? If you have love, agape, for one another. The love we have, first and foremost, 
for one another as Christians will be the initial light. Think about this for a moment. We'll be the initial light that will display Christ Jesus to the world out there. People are not won over by our great faith. They're not won over by our great confidence. What happens then? Well, this is what happens. They are drawn by the love that they see Christians sharing in the church. And when, and then rather, as they experience it themselves. Christ Jesus is always telling us in the word of God about letting our light shine. Don't hide it under a basket. Let it shine so the world can see. People who see us helping each other. People who see us supporting each other. People who see us sacrificing for one another are drawn to the love that they see in us. Love. Love. It is the greatest because it is the thing in this world that most resembles, that most represents that most reflects the true God and his very presence in this world. When when Jesus, in in Matthew chapter 5 at verse 14, when our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus talks about light and salt, he is not referring to, to faith, he is not referring to hope. He is describing the effects of love, agape love. The power of the gospel is not not simply religious information about Christianity. That is not the power of the gospel. What then is the power of the gospel? The power of the gospel is this. It is the love story about our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus dying for sinners like you and me on a cross for something he didn't do. That's the power. The power of our Christian life is not about how much we believe or how convincing we can be in a religious argument. Not at all. What is it then? It is the witness. It is the witness of our love and attitude toward another in Christ. It is our love for those who have not yet known Christ. The power of the gospel brings people to Christ. It is the light of our salvation that 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 makes them love the Lord and each other as well. So we get to the question. We get to the question. What is biblical love? What is biblical love? In the world In the world, okay, not the Bible, in the world, love is about feeling close and secure to parents and family, feeling intimacy and trust with friends. In the world, it's about feeling concern and appreciation for things of beauty, strangers, the nation, a cause, or feeling of sexual passion. But the Bible, on the other hand, the Bible, the Bible does not condemn these feelings, so don't, don't make a mistake about that. The 
Bible does not condemn these feelings. Why? Because they are a natural part of the human experience. But when the Bible talks about love, when the Bible talks about love, it talks about something that goes beyond feelings. And that is why it uses a special word to describe love. That is why it uses the word agape. Agape. In the Bible, in the Bible, let me tell you what love is from the Bible. In the Bible, love is a characteristic of God. It, in, in other words, in the Bible, love is a, a generosity, a graciousness. It is a kindness, not, not, not based on feelings, but on principle. It is a holy and perfect God. And this holy and perfect God is kind, is generous, and is welcoming. In the Bible, love is a creative power. You see, in the world, love is based on feelings. And see, there's one thing about that. Feelings takes needs and searches for satisfaction. But biblical love, biblical love empowers others to life. It empowers others to love. It empowers others to joy. Biblical love is a bright light. It's a bright light. You see, human love eventually fades. And there are two reasons this can happen. Human love eventually fades, reason number one, because of death. And another reason is because of loss of interest. Bible love becomes brighter and brighter because the source of that power in our hearts is God himself. The source of that power in our hearts is God himself. To make sure that we would not misunderstand this greatest of all things, what does God do? God God demonstrates his love in the person of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I don't know too many people. I I jump on a cross for somebody else's sin. No one is going to hurt bad. I don't know too many. I don't know anybody that would do that other than Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus, as a human experience all the feelings of human love. But because he was God, he did something else. He also demonstrated agape for all to see. We witness this agape in his godly character, in his holiness, purity, and knowledge, his creative power in character, in his creative power and miracles and the bright light of his mercy, kindness, and sacrifice on the cross. 
I want to present you with, for guys who've known me for a while, you know I'm crazy about logic. <laughs> I love some logic. I love those if-then statements, if you will, because they, they just clear things up so logically, if you will. So I'm going to present you with an if-then statement. If God is love and Jesus is God, then, then Jesus is love. If God is love and Jesus is God, then Jesus is love. That is logical. That is logical. So let's get a little bit personal. When I see Jesus, I not only see the Father, but I see what agape is as well. I see what agape is as well. Brethren, we have spent the last three weeks talking about faith, hope, and love. In this brief study, we have seen a great triad of the Bible. Again, faith, hope, and love. Agape is the greatest of these. Why? Because it is first and it will be last. Can you imagine that? Before we were even here, God loves us. While we're here messing up like we do, God loves us. When this life is no more, we will still be in the presence of God and this agape type love. If we have been obedient to the word of God. Long after faith. Long after hope are no longer necessary. Are no longer necessary. And that's the key. Agape will still be part of our heavenly experience. And as a matter of fact, it will be the sum total of our heavenly life. Loving God as he agapes us forever. I want to take us back to one reading, one, two more readings before we close. I want to take us back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 4. Because I'm, I want to try and submit this into our thoughts. You know, we talk a lot about faith. We talk a lot about hope. We talk a lot about love. But are we bringing the three together like we need to? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, we're talking about agape here, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not agape, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not agape, I gain nothing. Agape is patient and kind. Agape does not envy or boast. Agape is not arrogant. 
and verse 13. But now, faith, hope, agape, abide these three. But the greatest of these is agape. I want to take us back to one more read in Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and 25. Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and 25. And the Bible reads, For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. Are you feeling that impatience? Are you feeling that impatience that one day God will come to redeem his own in the form of Christ Jesus? Remember Christ Jesus in the word of God tells us Christ Jesus will come a second time. It tells us the first time he came was because of sin. The second time apart from sin to claim his own. Thank you all for participating tonight. Um, Tony, thank you for allowing me these three weeks uh, and, and to take your space. I'm looking forward to your return, and I hope you all take the opportunity to join us again on Sunday, morning and evening, and then return again next Wednesday. Thank you.